welcome to Salopcast Time Machine. How are you doing, Glenn? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm in, I'm intrigued to go back in time with you, Ollie. Yep, so we'll be going back in time. <laughs> um, and I think it's worth saying at the start, um, we're doing this in conjunction with the club. Um, so yes. we've been talking to Ian and Scott, um, who, as a few guys have seen, are obviously keen to try and get content out there for fans. Um, and so what we've done is we've been talking to them and we're going to be going back into um, Salop's history um, to go to some memorable games to give everyone a, mm. bit, of, a bit of light relief um, in this situation we're in at the moment. Obviously, we've got no games to cover, have we, exactly. at the moment with the coronavirus scare and um, and everything that's going on. So we, we still wanted to do some some podcasts. And, and uh, we appreciate that football is kind of very focused on what's going on with coronavirus. And we're going to cover that in a separate podcast. But yeah, we've been, you've been planning. Well, you particularly have been planning to do something like this for a while. And it's, it's nice to be able to get this idea out there. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, big thanks to um, to Ian and Scott. And they shared with us the match file. Um, Brilliant, and I yeah. think it's been a lot of fun going back. Um, so where are we going to? Where are we going to? We're going to the 11th of November, 1995. Yeah. Um, and the club will be releasing this game as well um, as a live um, stream. So we're out at the same time. Um, so, yeah, two different things for you to have a look at. But hopefully you guys will enjoy this podcast. And um, so obviously we've got some people who will have been at this game. And we've got some people who weren't even been born. Um, so <laughs> 1995, what was going on um, in November 1995? So... Um, number one, Glenn, was Robson and Jerome, I believe, was number one. Oh, God, yeah. that Soldier Soldier programme that we were on. So that was yes. number one at this week. In terms of who won the best Oscar um, for a film um, in this year, it was Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. Um, and the summer had, um, we'd seen um, Die Hard come out and Braveheart had come out. And the following God. week after this game, um, Goldeneye, James Bond film, was just coming out. Yes. So I imagine a lot of people probably know that game potentially, obviously, on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> um, yes. The PlayStation had only had been out for a year. So that's how, that's how many years we're going back now. Um, mm. A couple of other random things for you, Glenn. So the blue um, M&N had just been released. So 1995. All right. Um, and we cloned the first ever sheep. Dolly the sheep had been cloned in the, in the summer. Um, <laughs> and then two other random things. So, yeah, the George Foreman grill had come out. Oh, a big fan of that, Ollie. And, um, big fan of the George Foreman grill. And then um, O.J. Simpson, I mean, this year as well, had been found not guilty. So the quarter, uh, the NFL um, running back, cornerback, sorry, was, um, was yeah, not found not guilty after his famous car chase wow. on TV. So, yeah, there's for those guys who remember the year and for those kids just to kind of give some context of what was going on. Um, yeah, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Nineteen ninety-five. It, it's um, it's quite an interesting time. I was uh, so for me, I was at this game, Ollie. We discussed before the podcast. I don't think you went to no, it. No, didn't. Know. Um, yeah, I was fifteen at the time, and I yet to have even had my first pint, Ollie, at fifteen. So there we go. Um, but yeah, I don't know what was I doing when I was fifteen. I had to think about this when we, when we thought about it, and I suspect that in the summer I was out playing football with mates at Bicton playing fields, and in the winter I was playing Championship Manager or Command and Conquer or Worms against my brother on my uh, on my PC. That was about what life was like there. Reading my, my extended Star Wars universe novels. That's kind of geeky kid. I really changed, up, have you really? <laughs> Not really, no. I think I was just. I think I would have been just starting secondary school at that point in time. When you're 15, I'd hope you were nearly getting finishing. Oh yeah, I suppose I would be, wouldn't I? <laughs> Towards the end. Yeah, that's no excuse for reading Star Wars novels then. And um, yeah, obviously I was going regularly for about a season and a half before this, but we were pretty much going to all the home games. So I think at the time, looking back, my favourite players were probably Paul Evans and Ray Woods. And I do remember, and it is somewhere in my house that we have a very old shoes shirt with. Paul Evans' name on the back of it, so there we go. And I should just mention, my brother, who obviously comes on the podcast a lot, he absolutely, and still does to this day, idolised Austin Berkeley. And and that does bring us, really, to why we're going back to 1995, Ollie, because what event in Shoes Trans history happened in 1995? 
We had a very um, interesting FA Cup victory <laughs> um, over Marine. Um, and yes. Town won 11-2. Um, so there's plenty of goals to get into in this. My um, God, yes. It's going to be interesting going back in time um, in terms of the football that was played. There's a lot to discuss there, I think. Um, and yeah, so we were playing Marine um, in the FA Cup. And yeah, so Marine um, are a football club based in, in Crosby and Merseyside. Um, at the time, they were playing in the Northern Premier League, um, Division 1 Northwest, which is the ninth tier, um, and they're still currently playing at the same level. Um, interestingly, yeah, yeah. we were playing at the same level as we are now as well. So yeah, interesting that both teams are still playing in the same in the same, in the same division. Yeah, it's been a fair few changes, I suppose, over the years between those clubs, but... Football's changed a lot since then. That's my overriding Football has opinion. Changed a lot. <laughs> we are going to go through this game, and I think we'll sum it up. Sum it up at the end. But mamma mia, you watch a game back from 1995, and everyone's going. To, the great thing is, everyone's going to get a chance to watch this game back if they really want to, or at least you know skip through the highlights and see all the goals. But my god, it is a different world, a different stadium, a different style of football. It is. I loved it. It's just brought back some absolute amazing nostalgia, and we'll hopefully try and bring that as we go through yeah. the game. But. Yeah, brilliant. I don't know. So, let's, do you want to start with the basic details, Ollie? Let's get that out of the way. Yeah. So, um, so um, as we said, Shrewsbury Town won eleven two. <laughs> um, the attendance um, was um, um, obviously at the Gay Meadow, um, two thousand eight hundred and forty five. Um, there was a few. There was a quite a, a, a bit of a scattering of Marine fans um, behind mm-hmm. um, behind the goal. Um, and yeah, it wasn't the best gates, was it, Glenn? No, if we go back to 1995 and my recollections of, of our attendances there and having had a look back, I mean, we used to be getting the second worst gates in League One at that point in time. We used to be getting roughly 2,500 to 3,000. Um, and the only team who were getting lower gates than us in that 1995 season were Swansea, which is interesting considering where they are now. But it, it does show you how... That, that, there was that little period in the nineties, um, you know, where where we were now, where a lot of football clubs' attendances just dropped drop down so much. And you know, maybe it was a hangover from what happened in the eighties. I'm not too sure because obviously I wasn't only young at the time. But you know, when you look at where the football clubs come from, from you know, two thousand eight hundred and even low low attendances in the football league then during that period. It's, it's such a change, isn't it, to where we are now? Yeah, it was. There's a huge difference in terms of the style of play and everything yeah. about it. Um, everything about football seems, <laughs> um, seems to have changed. Obviously, it's still played with the same number of men, but apart from that, uh, the ball, <laughs> even the ball, has changed um, in terms of its weight. So, yeah, it was interesting. And um, how how were how were Marine doing coming into this game? Uh, Marine were only mid-table. They were they played. They got twenty-one points from thirteen games, um, but they were fairly defensively robust. Pretty similar to Town this year's season. They'd only conceded um, thirteen goals in thirteen games, so they were only letting in one goal a game in their division. Obviously, Town, for, for fans at the time, will remember we were in pretty good form at this point in time. So we went in having won six of the last seven games. Obviously, went on to win this one, um, and I think we went on and had a, a sort of seven-game in a run uh, streak, which is pretty rare for Shrewsbury Football Club. Um, and during that run, we had a really good two-nil win away at Brentford. So Certainly us going in in form and, and those guys not going in in particular form, you, you expected that we were going to probably absolutely smash them, but um, maybe maybe not what it turned out to be. Yeah, it was, um, uh, as we go through, it was a, an interesting game as it developed. It certainly um, was. But in terms of um, who played, let's have a look at um, who played in, in the Shooter Town team. Um, so do you want to go through the team, Glenn? Yeah, it's, this is this is nostalgia when you just read the names back. But uh, yeah, we started four four two Ollie, which is why I think I always bang on about it because this is the formation we played when I started watching Shrewsbury, and it is unacceptable to play anything but four four two in my opinion. Um, but yes, uh, uh, Edwards in goal, um, long serving goalkeeper, Kev Seabury, Shropshire boy, uh, right back, Dave Walton and Pete Whiston as centre backs, and Chris with at left back. 
Then we had uh, Ray Woods on one wing and Austin Berkeley on the other, dynamic runners. And then Paul Evans, Richard Scott central midfield with Ian Stevens and Dean Spink up front. And looking back at this team, obviously you, you were going and you were aware of the players at the time, even if, if you weren't going as often as usual. There were a couple of big names missing from that lineup, weren't there? Yeah, there were a few. Who, who was missing England? Who was missing from your favourite? Was one of your favourite players missing? Yes, it certainly was. It was Mr. Tommy Lynch, um, which uh, he'd had an injury several weeks beforehand. He got a knee injury, so Chris With obviously took his place in the game. And another player that people would have missed as well was Mark Taylor, who was actually out at this point in time with a double fracture of his collarbone. Um, and we lost one to Chesterfield the month before, and he'd, he'd done that there. But you know, reading back and looking at some programs at the time, Ollie Richard Scott had come in on loan. He'd been fantastic since he joined, and and him and um, I think Ian Reid had sort of taken up the the mantle there, and had been really good at filling the filling the gap for for Taylor. So. Yeah, that was that was good. I mean, another player that also missed out, not not someone that I always thought was much of a player, but Dan Rowbottom had been playing occasionally, but I think Stevens and Spink were traditionally the front two during that season. Yeah, it's interesting looking back at this time as well, how small the squads were. Yeah, tiny as well, absolutely tiny. And, you know, you know, we weren't the richest club at that point in time, so I suppose it was fair enough. But, you know, you look at that team and, and think about what a lot of them went on to do and had done the season before and getting us promoted. There was a, a fair bit of quality in that team, if you ask me, Ollie. You know, you look back and there's a few players in there that I think were, were good at the, the level they did. Obviously, it was a different style of football now, and you wonder how they'd survive now. But, you know, Ian Stevens was a regular goal scorer for a lot of clubs. I loved Ray Woods and Berkeley. Paul Evans was a fantastic hard running midfielder. Paul Edwards in gold never really let us down and had been a, been a solid stalwart. So, there's a lot of players that town fans will really, you know, will recognise and will, will sort of recognise with a lot of um, pleasure, I think. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I was put a video out yesterday, um, kind of just highlighting we were going to do something. And yeah, there was a lot of nostalgia. People saying what a great team there was. We'll get to the final league position which will raise some doubt about how good they were for this level. Yeah, um, true. But it just shows you how powerful nostalgia is, whether it's your love of 442, your love of Jermaine Grandison. Uh, but nostalgia yes. certainly can add a huge layer of um, of something onto onto your, onto your memory. Especially when you started watching as a kid at that age as well, Ollie, where it, where you know a football club imprints itself on you, doesn't it? At that at that age when you first start going, and you know this is my era. To be honest with you, so it's really great we've gone back to it. And um, yeah, so that was who was playing for us. I thought it was interesting looking at the Marine team just to kind of get an idea of whether they were all milkmen and postmen. But the most interesting thing I found researching for this was that their manager Roly Howard had been the Marine manager for twenty four years. He joined them in 1972-1973. That, that is a fairly long-serving manager, isn't it, Ollie? <laughs> it is a really long-serving manager. I think their current manager's been there for like over 10, 15 years as well. Was he? So it's obviously something that's in their DNA. Um, They're obviously very patient, Ollie, yeah. yeah. But talking of what's in <laughs> DNA, one of the funny things I thought was quite funny was that the advertising hoardings around the ground, some of them will be very familiar to even our younger listeners. So Shropshire yes. Homes, Morris Lubricants and Wildes and Greenhouse were all around um, the stadium. And um, Shropshire Star was there as well. And um, a couple that have yeah. disappeared, like Shropshire Hi-Fi. Now, what is a Hi-Fi, Glenn? <laughs> Yeah, anyone anyone that was from the nineties will know it was the sort of unit with all your tape deck, your CD player, your vinyl exactly. vinyl sort of spinner as well. You used to have it all in one place. But yeah, it was sort of like a very 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 big iPod. Yeah, <laughs> and even they've gone now, haven't they? And I, you know, it's all on your phone. Now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it's interesting. I mean, just yeah, it, it, you know, it's, one of the things looking back at the the footage as well is that nostalgia of looking at back at the meadow, you know, covered in leaves. You know, what was it? Autumn time, wasn't it? Sort of getting on towards November, wasn't it? So a bit late in that, but covered in leaves. You know, the the stewards standing around the side of the 
pitch whilst the game's going on, you know, not segregated at all, just a congregation of like eight of them just sort of watching the game with their arms folded. You know, the, the regulars that you could kind of see on the riverside would always take up their same spots, you know, just just the view of the the gay meadow and, you know, not one of the, the highlights of the time. It was, a, it was a great game, but, you know, there is nostalgia of seeing that stadium back from from the, the time we spent there as, and, and, and those memories you had as a fan. Yeah, and you could see the effect of the season and there was leaves all around the pitch. Um, and yeah, it was the pitch looked. Um, yeah, it was a very nineties pitch. Let's put it that way, in terms of bobbly, um, and a bit <laughs> long, um, and there was leaves all around the place. So very different atmosphere, and just shows you how how much football has changed. Um, but there are there were some similar sites on the terraces, um, and we'll maybe get to that as we go along. Yes, there were. There certainly were. I mean, when you go to watch the highlights, as people will, there's a little bit at the front, which is sort of like watching the players warm up, and then the camera focuses on the referees. Who, who was quite interesting. They start winding up one of the one of the kids. Who's a mascot about his haircut and and sort of joking around like it's you know a lads club. It was a bit odd to watch. And then Dean Spink walks up to the referee Ollie and to do to do the toss. And and it just reminded me of one of the thing enduring images from my childhood. And when that was Dean Spink's legs were absolutely bloody massive, yeah. particularly his thighs. His thighs he, he was huge. He at- <laughs> wasn't tall, but he, was, no. he had big hair and big thighs. He was robust, wasn't he, yeah. Dean Spink? And the more I looked at it in this game, it's like he could knock players off the ball. And it's no wonder eventually, well, as we go through this game and we talk about his finishing, it's no wonder he eventually became a centre-back because he was definitely robust enough to play centre-back. And to be honest, his finishing at times in this game wasn't wasn't the greatest. But um, yeah, interesting. So yeah, they, they do the toss. The, the guys walk off and, and get in their positions and line up in a 4-4-2s. And yeah, what happens? First kick of the game, Ollie. So straight from kick-off, the ball went straight out of play. <laughs> so we kicked the ball forward and it just went straight out of play it went into the riverside which is quite funny it, did. it didn't go over the stand um, no. and then then in terms of first like action point um, there was a meaty challenge um, on a Shrewsbury Town player um, and it's going to be a bit of a theme of the game God. It is. Marine were not shy to throw their body weight into tackles and 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 be physical. And that you know that one after two minutes was definitely a yellow card. But crying out loud, as we go through this, there are cards now and and free kicks that were given that would be instant red cards in modern football. That was my enduring image of this: is that um, the refereeing of football games has become a lot more uh, nailed down, hasn't it, Ollie? Yeah, but I think the referee was quite good, wasn't he? He he, he, he there's some interest in yellow cards and stuff as we go through the game. The referee was quite good, and the assistant referee I, I recognised his, his name. I don't know if it was um, it was a famous um, assistant who was because in those days referees could do both line and be a ref. Um, so yes. the assistant ref I recognise as well. Maybe it's David O'Leary or something like that. Someone who's a famous okay. old ref, but yeah, I'm sure those who are watching can maybe help with that. Um, but it didn't mm. take too long um, for there to be a bit of a bit of, of goal line action. So Chris With takes a free kick. It's head acro- back across goal by Whiston, and basically yep. Walton basically totally kind of takes the keeper out, um, <laughs> and then tries to head it away. But um, unfortunately for Marine, it hits their player and it goes in off Draper. Um, and it's a, I think it's the kind of goal that could go on one of those um, 90s Twitter accounts because it was an all-round rubbish, messy kind of goal. <laughs> it was horrible, wasn't it? It was a classic 90s goal just to start off our review of, the, of a 90s game. And yeah, Walton is amazing. He's completely impedes the goalkeeper, which in modern day would be a foul. And also, as does get his head to the ball, but actually heads it away from goal. And then it deflects into the defender and goes in. So it is a bit of a calamity of errors. But, you know, what was it? It was, it was like two or three minutes in, wasn't it? And Tam were already ahead. And you, you thought at that point in time, I think on the, on the day, that yeah okay we're ahead now against an non-league team you you start to push on wouldn't you and think we'll, we'll go on to win this and um yeah it was just I don't know it was a bit of a scrappy goal wasn't it but um it was a decent free kick in by Chris with um his, his delivery wasn't bad to be fair watching on this game and, and from memory so one nil we were off and running weren't we with the goals yeah and it was fu- 
funny as well because um, as the game was being restarted, there's mean the Marine central defender was still moaning <laughs> oh, yeah. about the free kick. Like you nearly um, broke Evans, uh, and yeah, they're moaning it was a free kick. So that was kind of a bit of how it was going to play. Um, I think it's fair to say in the first 25 minutes, actually in the whole game, um, there was very little football being played. <laughs> no, um, so it was all a bit it Gary was... Peters, um, basically yes. long balls. Um, but probably not, I think actually probably a bit of disservice to um, Gary Peters by describing it as Gary Peters long ball football. It was direct, it was long ball and it was hooping it forward and um, yeah, hoping the players. And that's why I think wingers were so key at this point and this kind of period of games because basically it was mm. get the ball to the wingers, get the ball to strike as quick as possible um, and see what they could do. Um, and that's what we did. Yeah, it's, sorry, I would just say on that thing, it was very important for us when we were looking to hit long balls in the back that Dave Walton did it and not Peter Whiston because Dave Walton had reasonable delivery whereas Peter Whiston was shambolically bad at knocking the ball forward so that was definitely one thing that came out of this game, Ollie. His, his distribution, Walton, was really good. Um, it was clear yeah, from this game good. as well. It was nice going back, just kind of watching the, the players. And uh, yeah, nine minutes in, we actually do a little bit of build-up play. Um, Woods does his full-back but then unfortunately his touch lets him down and it goes straight out for a goal kick. Um, it's the kind of thing that we've seen this season. <laughs> I remember a moment where um, Omar Beckles did something quite similar in a game quite recently. So yeah, some things haven't changed. Um, and yeah, it's really funny, Glenn. So yeah, at this point you can hear, because uh, the sound is being recorded in the, in, the, um, in the home stand, in the main stand, and there was a yeah. definitely distinct to the, the, the audio to this game. Yeah, there's, there's kids shouting, come on, you blues, and come on. And it, it's obviously the kids right at the front of the family stand or in the family stand. Now, that's where I was as a child. I was still at 15 with my mum and dad going to watch the games, sitting with my younger brother and a few of our friends. I swear that's us chanting and shouting, come on, you blues, because it is the sort of annoying thing that we used to do. We used to get a group of six or seven, eight of us and, and sort of just be chanting, come on, you blues, at the front of the stand and trying to get the stand occasionally going. So if you if you get to nine, ten minutes and you hear those kids, it could well have been me, my brother and our friends, because it doesn't half sound it doesn't half sound like us at the time, I think. But um, yeah, it, it's interesting when you talk about listening to things, because obviously on the audio, there's no commentary and you'll get to hear it when the shoes be put the, put the thing out. But yeah, just hearing sort of the murmurs of people in the centre stand and the guy recording the, the camera camera talking and the occasional chance from either end it does kind of again brings back the nostalgia of what the atmosphere was like sitting in that center stand to me yeah no it definitely was um mm. there was yeah marine um did have some attacks you've got to give them credit they did try um so they had to cross but it yeah. goes out for a corner um and you could hear their fans chanting yellow yellow yeah um, some the, more that's all they yeah, chanted. that's all they chanted. <laughs> i think it's yeah it's classic kind of non-league um a lot of fans probably everton and liverpool fans supporting them on this this game yeah possibly um then the yeah, marine carried on playing a bit of football at this point and it's fair to say actually this for kind of after the goal for like 10-15 minutes they probably dominated the game um town weren't playing very well <laughs> yeah. at all um there was some really good passive move from marine um, and there was a shot flying over um edwards wasn't really at risk at this point probably more the fans um, behind the goal Terrible atrocious between the first and second goals. For a game they won 11-2, I was surprised how bad they were, to be honest with you. I mean, Marine were physical, we talked about that, and they kept trying to win the ball back, but there was a, there was a little bit of uh, trying to find the wingers being overhit passes straight out into the, to, into the stands either side, wasn't there? And then when they tried to go through the middle, Scott and Evans did the best they could, but sometimes they overran the ball or they just got clogged massively and, and there wasn't much from the free kicks. But yeah, Town, Town were not, you know, when you watch this game back, Town weren't great for a game they won 11-2, which is bizarre. You'd think that, oh, our team won 11-2, we must have been imperious and and flowing football the whole game. This game so wasn't like that, was it, Ollie? No, it wasn't. It was, uh, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, <laughs> it was um, odd. And Shrewsbury's play was just poor. We're just kicking it long, um, and not really much was happening. And they were, and obviously that's kind of playing to their game as well because they had some pretty mean-looking central defenders. Um, yeah, and yeah, um, 
again, so what happened next? Um, interesting. I thought one of the things that dominated the game a bit, particularly in the first half, was how poor the Marine keeper was at kicking the ball. <laughs> he literally back. couldn't kick the ball. <laughs> like me or you could kick the ball further. I mean, he didn't really. He basically, kind of bobbles out of the um, out of his out of his penalty area, um, and that was something that was going to have a bit of an impact on the game. Yeah, you'd think, oh, he maybe hasn't been there too long or he hasn't settled or whatever, this goalkeeper. He looks very shaky. His name was Kevin O'Brien. He was in his 11th season Marine and had played over 600 games for them. So they must have got used to that bad kicking or that kicking at whatever level they were at was considered to be quite good. But against, you know, Edwards' kicking, although he kicked a couple out of play, but Edwards' kicking was pretty consistent in this game. Yeah, he looked, he looked pretty ropey, the goalkeeper, to be fair. And, you know, he did concede 11 in the end. So maybe there's something in that. Cool. Yeah. So um, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so... Um, Basically, Marine get the ball on the Salop box and basically Salop are not really doing very good at stopping the crosses, but they we managed to no. clear. Um, and then it was interesting, the Marine just kept on fouling. Um, and then, then they were shouting at the ref. I um, mean, it was quite funny, actually, that um, basically um, Seabra gets absolutely smashed. Um, <laughs> and then the player gets booked for, for basically shouting for the referee, which is a bit strange. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean... It, it was it was another one of those challenges which potentially could have put them on there. There was a lot of Shrewsbury Town fans chanting off, off, off every time there was a bad tackle, and I could understand why. But um, yeah, it was it was another yellow card that one, and, and completely fair to be honest with you. And um, yeah, it was at this point in time where I watch, watching the game, I sort of noticed uh, Richard Scott coming into the game a bit more. Ollie, he, he was he was you know I remember watching him as a kid and stuff, and he was a decent, neat little player, yeah. wasn't he? He was good on the ball, good passing, and he did have a bit of drive behind him, maybe a bit more than I think. You know, he was one of the players that surprised me the most watching this. Is I thought he was just a steady kind of maybe more defensive player, but maybe maybe that's just my memory playing tricks with me because he looked a lot more dynamic than maybe I thought he yeah, was. Yeah, he's for me he's one of the players. Um, he didn't necessarily get into my top three, um, but he unfortunately no. had to go and play at a different position as the game went on. But yeah, he was definitely dynamic. And in terms of out of Shrewsbury's players at this point, he was probably one of our best players on the pitch. Um, in terms of yeah, his running, um, his ability to to close men down. Um, and really, Just, if you if we played this game today, there would be a huge gulf in the physicality of the teams from a fitness point of view. Yeah. But sometimes it didn't look like there was actually that much difference um, between. Uh, um, and again, as we keep saying, we're now twenty five minutes into the game, and Shrewsbury Town are not <laughs> playing well. We haven't had any chances nope. on goal um, since um, since we scored. Uh, the fortunate own goal, um, and actually, the Mar- Marine have another effort which they fire um, over. Yeah, they did, and I think you know you talked about some of those crosses they put in that we can't, we couldn't block them. They they felt they could have felt a little bit unlucky not to have maybe equalised um, with some of the chances. There was one which sort of got knocked down and went dribble dribble past the post, but they they just weren't playing very well. We did have a little bit of time on the ball at one point. You thought, oh hello, we're going to start to put it together, and then I just whisked and lumped the ball forward and it went straight out of play again. But um, yeah, I think the next good thing was was a, a really good run from Berkeley, who I could talk a bit about now. But yeah, he worked it down the left. Um, then he got to the byline, cut back and crossed with his wrong foot, um, which the keeper parried. Full back half cleared it, and then Woods crossed back to Spink, who skied a shot from <laughs> from not very far out. Ollie, it was an atrocious finish, to be honest with you, to go two 0 up. Yeah, that was an awful, awful finish by Spink. Um, yeah, not probably all that most fans um, will remember um, all performances. It's one of those things that gets forgotten, isn't it? Those missed chances. Um, but I think it's fair to yeah. say Shrewsbury Town probably did get into second gear at this point. Um, and as we said, um, so yeah, Scott um, basically starts having an impact, positive impact for Shrewsbury. Um, he wins the ball ahead of the keeper. He crosses, but Marine defender goes well for a corner, and then Spink goes wide from that corner. So we start creating a couple of chances now. Um, but yeah, you made an interesting observation at this point, Glenn. Yeah, I think my my observation about this was that um, 
this this next free kick, Ollie, was should have been a red card. And, and I know we, we went on to score from it, and we'll come to that in a minute, but it was a horrible tackle on Austin Berkeley this. So Austin, one of the things I noticed in the game is Austin Berkeley and Roy, uh, Ray Woods would switch wings quite often. They did it occasionally in the second half as well, but obviously Austin was on the different wing to where he should have been. Um, and, and suddenly he just got two-footed from quite a way back. Um, and the referee rightly pulled it up for a free kick and only gave you a card. But of all the tackles, I think this one maybe looked the worst to me, Ollie. Yeah, this was not this was not a good tackle, um, not a good tackle at all. A few times you watch it and you're like, especially even the one in the first like minute, I was like, "Woo!" Like, what were what were yeah. going to happen here? And this was another one which is a, a real bone cruncher. It, the best thing was on the audio commentary that you can hear. There's the guy that's recording the game, and you can just hear him whisper to the mate who's standing next to him, "Someone's going to get sent off here today." <laughs> yeah. I think, <laughs> and it didn't quite happen, but it, it could yeah, have it done if they hadn't calmed down a little yeah, bit. I think, if, um, I think if we had, if the game had probably been in reach, they probably would have been a bit more physical. But as the game goes on, they die down a little bit. And then, and from the free kick, Ollie, obviously we went two 0 yeah. up. Then, so yeah, Paul, Paul Evans stepped up to take the free kick, a really decent little free kick into the box. And Pete Hess, Pete Whiston got up, good header um, straight at the keeper, which saved. And then. Dean Spink did his usual thing right on the spot to clean up from about two or three yards out um, with what was probably one of his more traditional things, which was a bit of a poacher's finish, I think. So, yeah, 2-0 up and a little bit undeserved to be 2-0 up, I thought, Ollie, having watched the balance of the game. Yeah, like, I think this was just, again, where I, um, it's going to be a theme of the game where Shrewsbury's bit of quality comes in, um, just that little yeah. bit quicker. Um, and, yeah, um, it was a really good header um, from Wiston, a really, really good header and another delivery, uh, which I think is a theme of this game from Evans. Um, another, as you yes. alluded to earlier, another player that went on to do um, to be, do bigger things, um, and a good stroke, a um, good um, poacher's finish. Um, but mm. but the Marine didn't stop there, did they? So the game kicked nope. off, and you know no, there was no messing around in those times. The game basically just almost kicks off within seconds. There's no you know none of this time wasting you get after games like today. You know it sometimes no. takes a minute for a game to restart, and very quickly straight well, away. Marie. It does take them quite a while to walk back to centre circle, Ollie, with fitness <laughs> yeah. levels. <laughs> and the boots and the pitch. Um, but yeah. Marine go down the other end, forcing a safe from Edwards. Um, and now we're up to about 40th minute um, and we get another goal. Um, so with This is this is nostalgia, yeah, you love this, this goal bit. is nostalgia. You love this, don't you? Oh. Um, so, yes. so with um, bombs forward, it plays the ball to Stevens, who's a really good player. I really like Stevens. Stevens mm, um, tries to play in spin, but Marine defender gets a toe in. But, um, but um, with comes flying out of nowhere... Um, to poke the ball home, three uh, nil. Q a chicken celebration, and then he does an yep. Andy Mangan style roll on the ground. Which, yeah, you, I bet you, I could, I bet you love this. Well, I'd say Andy Mangan did a Chris With style roll exactly. on the ground to be honest with you, because he did it first. But yeah, this, I mean, the, the chicken celebration was was Chris With's uh, go to celebration, wasn't it? He did it on regular occasions when he did score, which wasn't all that often playing at left back and, and not being a regular every week. Um, but just the the sight of him, the exuberance in watching these highlights of Chris With doing that celebration, then just fall on the ball. Watching Chris With's facial expressions and where he played the ball, I thought was hilarious during the whole game. It, it would come to what some of the things that happened later on. He's just laughing the whole time. He's kind of talking to players. He, he's got a really Really good facial expressions and this goal was just it is just a pleasure to watch back and it is it is one of my favorite goals I think from the era when I started going as a kid it was it was grand fun to watch again and I'm really glad it's been saved now and it's it's there for all town fans to see forever because it is it is nostalgia as I said it is pure nostalgia Ollie. yeah and then again this is we've been quite <laughs> critical of Shrewsbury in this half which is fair um, I was talking yeah, to um, Chris Hudson um, before this about this podcast and he was saying yeah we didn't play very well in this game and he's definitely right um and yeah, that was a good goal, and a bit. I think just a, bit, a little bit of speed and a bit of class um, showed um, to make it to make it three nil. Um, and yeah, he did well pushing on, yeah, didn't he? Exactly. Yeah. To with, you know, he kept, kept from running. a tactical point of view, that's quite interesting, isn't it? Both fullbacks would bomb on, 
and there was a yes. lot of um, obviously a team that had done well the season before and there was a lot of encouragement to push forward um, and basically kick off um, um, basically yeah Walton wins the ball um, plays <laughs> a through ball to Spink really good ball this this is a fantastic bit nice, of play yeah. yeah he crosses in for, for Stevens who flicks it on um, and then a bit like with he comes Scott comes running in um, and calms he slots it home to make it 4-0 um, and does a Klinsman dive Nolan-esque it was yeah. the finish in terms of arriving late in the box I thought from, from an example of a recent player but yeah Klinsman dive and I was thinking this is 1995 was the Klinsman dive done before yeah, Klinsman it was or the season before 94-95 maybe... yeah. um, Klinsman oh, played go. for Spurs scored 20 goals in that season for, for Spurs but yeah he was a, he, he was replicating um, that celebration that obviously still was famous <laughs> Yeah, I think it was at that point. I remember as a kid always doing it when we were doing our Wembley singles and, and someone had scored, they'd go and do a Klinsman celebration. But I was wondering whether someone had accused him of diving in a game previously or something like that. It could well have been, but the memory uh, the memory does disappear. And then, you know, one of the highlights for anyone watching, so we're 4-0 now, and basically that was game over as far as, far as I think anyone was concerned. You know, Marine were not going to come back from 4-0 down at, you know, 40-odd minutes. But um, here's, here's something for the spotters badge. So after we score this goal, keep an eye on when the, the play zooms in on the, the riverside when there's a throw-in. I think it's Chris Wood's taking a throw-in because we've had it confirmed because we got it confirmed off Twitter on, from Busy, but there's a really good snapshot of a very young 1995 Busy giving his old ball bag chance from the stand. And it's just nice that football's changed, Ollie, but some things never his do. mannerisms <laughs> and the way he turns and like, That's great. Um, yeah, like almost gets frustrated hasn't changed. It's exactly the same. And when you, because I, I thought, what a great <laughs> spot from you, Because it's, let's be honest, it's not, it's not HD quality. Not the easiest. Um, no. But it's a brilliant spot from you there. Uh, well, it's because I remember standing behind him for a few years after, probably, probably because I was fifteen. I think when I got to sixteen, seventeen, I started standing on the riverside, and we used to stand in that area behind where he kind of travelled around when he wasn't running up and down when we scored. And so I kind of knew it was roughly in that area. And then you, you just stand out. To be fair, so fantastic. It's just it's things like that when you're watching these old games, about they really stick with. You, which was great so yeah fair play busy you have been you have been uh, a proper town yeah. fan for a long time haven't you fair play so um that was it and then obviously we came towards half time there was another foul um by marine on seabury and and you love this yeah. ollie what, what did the marine play he goes do? full marine <laughs> on him <laughs> and he just goes mad he like you can imagine him but he was almost like uh like i don't know how do you describe it yeah full sergeant major going mad and he gets booked just for his reaction <laughs> so he's basically like spitting and shouting in his face um, and then there's another bit of football which i just absolutely love and just sm- pure smile this never happens in today's game so um so berkeley was running and his shin pad came out like when do shin pads come out anymore? It's just something that doesn't happen. Um, well, if you watch it back, it's because he's just been clogged a minute beforehand, yeah. and it's like dislodged his shin pad. And another challenge that could have been a red card. But yeah, he's obviously so focused on the game, he didn't have time yeah. to put his shin pad back and chases back, and it just comes flying out, doesn't it? Yeah, you don't see that often at all. So yeah, half time, half time, <laughs> Shrewsbury Town a four 0 up. Um, yeah, just got to get back in. I'm, I'm sure um, the manager would have been frustrated um, if we were going in at half time with nothing. But we didn't really. As far as a marine fan, I'd be a bit frustrated um, because a bit, yeah, harsh, a bit yeah. harsh in terms of um, in terms of um, in terms of the the performance they put in. They put a good shift <laughs> in, but Shrewsbury just on some good set pieces um, and a little bit of individual brilliance um, got us a four nil um, lead at half time. I think. I think better fitness and athleticism as professional players, and that did kind of show a few times. Particularly, we haven't really mentioned Woods and, and Berkeley, but when they did run down the wings, they were given the, the fullbacks fair bit of trouble with their pace, their directness. They stayed very wide, didn't they? Which was an interesting tactic. You know, you, we sometimes think that Wally likes to hug the hug the line, but Jesus Christ, Woods and Berkeley just literally ran along the line, didn't they? They were so wide. So yeah, very interesting, interesting tactic. But yeah, that was half time really. And I say we've got the manager's comments at the end. I got it from the next program, and I'll run through those with you. But um, yeah, I won't I won't spoil that yet. 
But we came out for second half, didn't we? Obviously on the highlights. What's the first thing you get to see, Ollie? You get to see or a streaker. <laughs> wasn't Proper expecting 90s this. Football. So yeah, there was a streaker, and we'll put the photo out um, on Twitter um, on, on <laughs> Sunday when we release this. This has been released, but and and um, someone get uses a hat. So a proper old school hat to cover his um, his privates. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. I think honestly, I think that should be the picture for this this podcast. Is that I think that you have to do that. It's just very classic nineties football, and it is quite funny in it. But yeah, I mean that's what I was saying about Chris Wither and a few of the players when it happened. The, the players are kind of waiting to kick off, aren't they? A guy comes out the marine end, and all the players like there's no po facedness like you see now. No people with their hands on their faces. They are pissing themselves with laughter. Ollie, that's the thing I really liked about Dean Spinks like, and a Josh in the striker. Chris Wither's pointing over at one direction, and even then there's a little bit. Of play the game starts and I think it breaks down and there's a, there's an offside and even then they're sort of kind of nudging each other and talking about it and it, that's what I quite liked about it they clearly loved football and loved the, the kind of things that go on around it and it was it was so nice compared to watching I say that po-faced modern football you see where TV cameras aren't allowed to show a streaker do you know what I mean it's it's a it's a non it's a no no isn't it because of it well, I suppose you're not allowed to back in the nineties because it isn't really on well they, they used to ta- they used to show them didn't they I suppose but yeah I don't know I quite like the the rawness of it yeah really. I think also the fact <laughs> we're playing a team solo below us as well. Yes, um, obviously, probably goes, yeah, as well. goes into that yeah. as well. Um, so, a couple of minutes into the game, um, attack down the right side um, after Evans wins the ball in midfield. Um, again, sometimes you just see the Stuja Town players. Um, a bit like a recent game when we played Salford, and like where Grant was just picking people's pockets. That happened. That yes. happened this happened there where Evans wins the ball. He sends it longs over to Stevens, then onto Woods, um, and the strikers and the wingers are really in tune here. Um, he puts a really good ball into the box, but um, it goes for a corner. Um, and mm. from this corner, um, it's taken short, Glenn. So co- short corners were not invented by Pep. Um, they were invented by Shrewsbury <laughs> Town in 1995. And, um, and basically it comes into the box, a marine header, uh, sorry, the spink header is blocked. The marine failed to get a clearance on the ball. And um, yeah, and Whiston fires in um, to make it um, 5-0. Um, and I think it's fair to say, even though it's only a few minutes into the second half, you could start <laughs> to see that they were getting tired, probably mentally and physically. Physically, yeah. I think mentally more. There was just that sharpness for Whiston to be on the spot and, and clear up a little bit quicker than they would. And that you know that five nil just after half time, you can kind of see their heads drop. And there's a couple kind of kick in the turf. And you know five nil down away at a league club. It's just it, you know that remaining whatever it is forty minutes is just going to be horrendous. And maybe that was one of their problems. I think Marine they they were game at times, but they also got their heads down a little bit and and were, were so easy to pick off in the remaining part of this game. Yeah, they sure they sure were. Um, so obviously this is five nil. Um, Shooter Town fans, mm. um, the kids in the main stand, um, I start chanting, we want six, we want six. <laughs> um, and a minute later, as if they were listening, um, Shooter Town respond. Um, I think it's fair to say this was a hoof over the top. Um, Spink yeah. chased it down um, and basically the slow defenders um, couldn't really keep up. Um, bless the defender, he misses the ball um, and Spink fires home with a nice lob. So it's 6-0 goal for 48 minutes. Yeah, it was, a, it was a nice goal. I bet, I bet you enjoyed this one, Glenn. Yeah, I'm lamenting Dean Spink's finishing because he did miss a lot of good chances first off. But this did show why he was persisted by playing up front, particularly during that early 90s period before he was moved to a centre-back when maybe his legs did go a little bit. But he certainly had the legs still at this point in time against a team like Marine and this was a clever, nice little lob finish, I thought. And um, probably one of the better goals in the game. Yeah, it was. It was a nice goal. It was a nice goal. Um, mm. So moving forward, I'd say Shrewsbury's pace and fitness was definitely telling. Now, uh, oh, your brother sure, would yeah. like this run. Berkeley sprints down the wing, um, cresses it in, but nothing was doing. Um, and Shrewsbury Town fans start now piling on the banter and start shouting, "You're shit, and you know you are," um, which is a little <laughs> bit harsh, but but equally true. Um, 
and Glyn, though you know, but while we were chanting, I don't know whether this spurred them on that chant. Um, but a strong challenge for Marine launches a counterattack down our right. Mm. A good cross. Um, we have to be critical. Poor defender from Shrewsbury, um, from Whiston and the goalkeeper. Um, and the striker heads us home. Um, yes, yeah, this is makes it 6-1 after 53 minutes. Um, and yeah, um, defenders not very happy with themselves, are they? No, Whiston and Walton both ran towards exactly where they were standing, where the bloke was coming into the box. And then by the time it got worked in for a cross, there were no centre-backs in the box. And it was a it was a free header at the back post, wasn't it? Completely unchallenged. Decent header to score, I thought, from. And um, it was a bit out of blue, their goal, because they hadn't really done anything after we sort of scored the fifth and the sixth. And it was a lot down to sort of um, very poor defending. And, and to me, you know, Walton was probably the more consistent of the players. Of them. They obviously played for us for a long time. And um, I even got a shirt signed by Dave Walton once. He lived up in Bashchurch and um, I got a, a a squad shirt signed by him but um, Whiston was a bit more uh, hit and miss for me when I was growing up and again I don't know whether that's my memory playing tricks on me he was a bit more of a I think he thought of himself as a bit more of a Rolls Royce type player but he was liable to a few more mistakes than maybe Walton would and Walton would still make mistakes this is 90s football um, so yeah I kind of I kind of didn't really rate the defensive partnership at that point in time from this goal but that was it and they, they were back in the game 6-1 Ollie <laughs> no they weren't really no. um, it was still, it's still a done deal yeah. wasn't it and um, it was hilarious because as soon as they scored the uh, Marine fans started chanting you're not singing anymore when we went 6-1 up so um, yeah it was quite quite amusing wasn't it and the, the goals just kind of flowed from there yeah. didn't they so that one was that one was 53 Obviously, we got we got a bit stung by that and scored on fifty five. So this one was really good. Evans won the ball, um, played it out to Stevens, um, and then on to Woods, who did a really good run down the wing, um, sprinting really fast, and played a fantastic cross in. You know, you'd you'd love to see crosses like that this day and age. Um, which went in for Evans, and you know he'd, he'd sort of followed on from the initial pass that he'd made in the move Evans, and 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 really good sort of header um, that was saved, and then he cleaned up the rebound for seven one. So yeah, um, it was it was good, and then um, the Super Town fans started chanting, "You're not singing anymore!" Back at the Marine fans, so it was good, and I think that that noise was from the Riverside. It was the Riverside and the yeah. away fans having a bit of banter, and you know he used to love that. That's why I always stood right in the middle where the chanters were, to be honest with you, because it was it was good that banter back in the day on the Riverside. But yeah, a, a good goal from Evans, and one deserved on his performance. Yeah, and I think this is the kind of goal that makes brings ball. People's memories back of of of, of Stevens Woods particularly and definitely Evans yeah, in terms yeah, of his quality. Yeah. So yeah, really really good goal. I think it's just worth noting now. So um, Seabreeze tried to stay on, um, but that challenge yes. that was um, was um, given to him, I call it a challenge. <laughs> he got absolutely mullered. <laughs> um, was but the player did win the balls where those really. powerful challenges but if you win the ball we're acceptable and he came off um, so Dempsey came on um, he plays in central midfield and Scott goes to right Mm. back which is a bit of a shame for Scott because I thought he was having a really good game up to this point yeah he did nothing wrong at right back either to be fair Dempsey's an interesting one I always thought he was a winger when again growing up from from what I saw of him I didn't didn't play a huge amount of games for the football club I always thought he was a winger but he he ended up playing centre midfield in this game didn't he for the rest of it so that was quite interesting and maybe that's just again you're going back to the memory of a 15 year old but um, and in fact we don't have many players as well you haven't got that many players in the squad um, obviously a yeah. couple of players that injures as well um, so you just had to yeah, make, make things make things do I guess and then Marine had a shot into the away yeah. fans which was absolutely awful wasn't yeah, it? another terrible <laughs> offer but then from one poor piece of quality to a goal and I have to say what the fuck this goal is absolutely <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah it was and and the person that scores it is probably what yeah, makes it the most amazing, amazing. the t- technique an- is absolutely sublime 
yeah, people who enjoy watching this. Right? I mean, Woods again won another corner. He won a succession of corners second half with his direct running, um, same as Berkeley did on the other side. To be fair, but um, yeah, Evans goes over, takes a, a short corner, and, and it's a cross in. And who turns up? Pete Whiston, the the maverick, who's already scored one in the game, which probably didn't happen very often. Um, an audacious Paul Scholes esque volley from inside the box, and you just like. I, I don't like I don't remember that goal standing out to me as a kid. I know that's really weird because I think I you know used to like to idolise the strikers like Spink and, and Evans and Berkeley and, and I don't really remember Whiston too much. But you, I don't think that must have happened many times in his career that he scored such an audacious goal. It was absolutely amazing. It was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I was just because I didn't I can't remember this game um, at all um, and I don't, no. I've got no recollection of it. So I was just obviously watching, not, literally not knowing what was happening, and my jaw dropped. <laughs> I was like, "What?" I watched it back. About three or four times, it was just immense, <laughs> absolutely immense. Oh. And then there's a really nice bit when um, the players run back, um, and Dempsey goes on his knees and does that praying kind of like thing, as if like he's a god, uh, which I thought was really funny as well. <laughs> Again, as you said, yeah. the humour um, I'm coming across from yeah. the players. Definitely, and a good team spirit. Obviously, they've they, they done really well the season before, and it must have been a, a good team spirit under Fred. They were on a good run. It just really felt like a positive group of players, didn't it, watching it? But for me, I haven't been at the game, so you don't remember it too much now. But we, we went, obviously, what was that now? I'm starting to lose count almost. But that was to go 8-1 yeah. up, wasn't it, to be fair? Um, and at that point in time, I clearly had never seen a score probably more than four games in a goal, goals in a game. And so to have got eight was unbelievable. And you started to think then, even as a kid, I think, and my mum and dad probably were prompting me to say, oh, we might get 10 here, we might get 10 here. And, um, you know... That was on 58 minutes and then like literally a couple of, well, it was sort of seven minutes later when we got the ninth, people started to, to, I think it was when we got the seventh, eighth, ninth, that was when people started to think, my God, where could this game go sort of thing. But yeah, eight and then it soon became nine and, and this one was another good goal. So um, Stevens uh, had a shot that went for a corner again. I think a lot of our, our goals second half came from corners, didn't they? This corner came straight in and um, Spink was just totally on his own, unmarked, headed home for 9-1 and, and God, absolutely mental that was. Yeah, it was. Um, it was, yeah, 65 <laughs> minutes in, 9-1, 9-1 up. Um, and then, yes, um, Spink, then, then substitution, Glenn, um, and town fans are chanting, we want 10. Yeah, Spink went off for, for Frob, yeah. didn't he, who, who came on for the last, I think it was the last Did he just start fouling really? people? <laughs> he was just fouling I everyone. have to say, I really liked Throb as a kid. He was like one of those players that we always used to talk about at secondary school. Throb's going to get you. Throb's going to get you. That was the the chant that they always used to have. But he came on and he didn't do very he much in this game. He looked everyone. a bit, he looked a bit yeah. lost. He was a bit. He started the pace kicking and... the Marine players, and they were like, "What are you doing? We're we're losing nine one, and you're coming on kicking me." Uh... <laughs> I need to watch another game from that era back where Throb had a good game because I, I was disappointed with his performance yeah. in this second half. But yeah, that was that was yeah. it, wasn't it? So um, that was that was nine one, and then he thought we'd go on and get the tenth. But Marine had different yeah. ideas, didn't they? First? So yeah, so town defence completely falls apart, and from the simplest <laughs> of one twos, um, the striker does a one two on the edge of the box. Striker gets into the box, he's one on one with the keeper, knocks it home. So sixty nine minutes nine two. Um, and then they have another opportunity, really good attack for Marine. One of these oh, kind of like floating headers, like, you know, he's in, in the air yeah. for ages and he headers wide, uh, wide and high. Terrible, terrible finish. Um, Should yeah. have scored. Yeah. A couple of um, uh, Marine players get subbed and some nice applauding from town fans. I thought yeah. it was nice. Yeah, you don't tend to see that very often in the modern game, do you? To, to players, you know, applauding off a, an opposition substitute, you know, even against Salford and, and lower league teams when we played them in the cup recently. Um 
that we've I don't think we've applauded their subs off. I can't remember the last time it ever happened. Maybe it was for for a well respected player we've had, but not for just the endeavour and hard work of a non league player. But yeah, good. It was the nineties was uh, maybe a, a more <laughs> less uh, I don't know hostile, um, aggressive, host- angry. No hostile, I suppose uh, tribal. Yeah. No, well that's not tribal, is it? It was quite tribal back then as well. I don't know. Maybe it was just because we were nine one up and we were being nice. Team, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So close from Stevens, we finally play a bit of football. Um, Dempsey runs into the box and sets up a shot, but nothing was doing um, and then there was again as you, we've alluded to before Walton was always playing good um, balls forward he plays on the ball over the top to Stevens, um, and basically this is just again where the professional class came across um, Stevens basically in on goal to cool finish um, 10-2 um, and yeah um, that was it um, yeah. really good good, yeah, we- good composure from Stevens, and he hadn't really been in the game too much he'd done quite a bit of build up play and stuff but as we Not said, running. there wasn't actually that. You know, we haven't got the shot stats and stuff from this game because they just we just can't find them. Um, but it's fair to say we didn't actually have that many shots on target outside of set pieces and the goals that we've talked about. No, no. It it was interesting just before we got to the goal. Stevens had another chance which he just put wide. And again, I remember on the day, think you know there was a big thing about who was going to get the tenth goal, who was going to get the tenth goal because it felt like such a an unbelievable milestone that you know not many clubs ever achieved do you know what I mean and and Stevens missed that chance for 10 and people were like oh he, he's missed his chance to be the one that wrote his name into the history and then luckily obviously a few minutes later his class did tell and, and he scored a, scored a really good goal for the 10th but um, it was interesting on, on Ian Stevens, I'm going to set our younger listeners a challenge Ollie try and google anything as the reason as to why um, Shrewsbury Town fans used to call Ian Stevens flasher and I'll leave it at that Ollie and we'll move on cool. <laughs> Cool. Um, so in terms of, um, there's a, and then by now, um, there was basically those huge spaces um, popping up um, in front of um, of their defence. They were just basically shot God, by yeah, now. And our players look knackered, to be honest, but their players are absolutely yeah. fucked. Um, so basically, there's huge spaces in front. Um, Woods gets the ball, um, does a few keepy-uppies, passes it to Berkeley. Both wingers are on the right <laughs> flank at this time. They're just doing what they wanted. Yeah, it- all yeah. over the shot. Um, he then just runs around in circles. Um, he runs towards the byline, then he comes back, and then he thinks, actually, maybe I should pass the ball. Um, he passes um, to um, to Dempsey, who does the most obvious um, dropping of the shoulder you'll ever see, um, <laughs> and then hits into the back of the net to make it 11-2. Um, and yeah. yeah. What, what I liked about this goal, Ollie, was it was a good goal, and he scored a really good goal, but Throb had done nothing in the game, other than about a minute before he got nutmegged and looked really angry about it. And if you look at the highlights, he tries to nick a goal on the goal. He tries to nick this goal. It's going in, and he, he misses the ball. Like He tries to steal it, misses the ball, and then you can kind of see again from the quality of it, he looks a bit miffed that he didn't actually nick the goal, um, because I don't know, maybe he'd be struggling to get a goal at that point in time. But again, another thing to watch out for the highlights. It's absolutely hilarious. Yeah, no, it was, it was, a, it was a funny one. Uh, funny one. And the gap was it, really. 11-2. Never had a game where we talked about um, 13 goals before. Um, no. And one, one thing you did miss, Ollie, is the goal was announced as Ian Stevens scoring rather than Mark Dempsey. Um, and it's, it's interesting, and uh, you know, that sort of thing happens nowadays. But I believe that the announcer was the same announcer that we have at the Meadow now. He's been there all that time. Cool, cool. So some yeah. things have changed, some things haven't. Um, no, but yeah, no. and the, kind of what was the atmosphere? What was the kind of the reaction from the players and stuff at full time? Um, no, mad celebrations. You'd think at 11-2 you'd have been going mental, but I think they expected to win and, and win comfortably and um, most just sort of wandered over, clapped the riverside and, and sort of then wandered off down the tunnel. Interestingly, Ryan, uh, Ryan Woods, God, uh, Ray Woods, I think he might have been a bit disappointed in his performance when you look at it because he doesn't clap the fans and obviously they've won 11-2 and he hasn't scored. And I don't think he got an assist. He got one assist, so he did contribute a little bit, but he just walks off but down I just the tunnel. Don't you think that was just a different time? <laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe he looks like slightly miffed as he's walking off a bit again, trying to read body languages. But yeah, he just didn't look asked at all. I thought I was quite hilarious to be honest with you. And um, yeah, sort of town fans stayed along the riverside, and and um, and then everyone sort of moves on. And another thing I just wanted to observe during the game as well is you forget how many people used to sort of walk between the yeah. riverside and the Wakeman end during the game. You can always see people moving around and kind of getting different positions. And you look up and you can see the scoreboard with the numbers on. And if you look closely, you can see. I know it was Chris Wynn who's been on the podcast before. He used to do the numbers, and you can see him leaning out watching the game from there. And just oh, I don't know everything about watching this game back was just pure nostalgia, and I think anyone that was you know young or, or kind of started watching us around that nineties period will absolutely love it. But um, yeah, all in all, let's say thirteen goals. It is a good game for us to travel back in time to yeah. look at first. No, time. it was fun, very fun to watch. Um, just on the opposition, I thought to say they were very physical. Um, you say their <laughs> fitness was a total shambles, but let's be fair, they were it ninth was. level and ninth level yeah. back in those days, as we can see, they were. Bit Sunday league, not full time. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the goalkeeper kicking is just unbelievable. Um, bless his cotton socks. Um, but Shrewsbury Town. Um, I think it's fair to say that we played, and football in these days were very, very, was very simplistic. It was four four two. Very get it long, get it fast. Um, basically, have two fast wingers. Um, we didn't have big strikers. Well, we had Spink, who was fairly short and stout and strong um, would hold the ball up quite well um, but it was just about getting the ball forward and, and then basically allowing the players to do what they can when they get the opposition of opportunities to do stuff um, yeah. but we, just watching it yeah we watching it we didn't look very well coached I don't think that was that a thing of those days <laughs> um, it was more just to get them out there I think you could say they weren't well coached, but Fred Davis was a decent manager and had a good time with us. And I'd say they were well drilled, Ollie, rather than maybe, you know, coached to be expansive because you're right, it wasn't really that kind of football back then. But they all knew their roles and they all fulfilled those roles well when you look at this one game in isolation. Obviously, we could look at the season a bit more in a minute, but, you know, and and they had a good season the year before, but they kind of knew their roles, didn't they? Kevin Seabury knew where he could go and where he couldn't go, you know, with the same. The defenders did what they needed to do and they didn't really try and do anything too stupid. There was no, you know, giving the ball to Walton and letting him play out from the back with it it just wasn't the done thing the goalkeeper kicked it long every time there was a set pattern a set play to that 4-4-2 and they, then they did that job and from my memory going a lot of this period they always did that they were always well drilled they just maybe didn't have the class and, and the finishing ability at that higher level the next season to go on and do anything too good but um, I don't know I, I always like 4-4-2 I know it doesn't get you anywhere in the modern game but this is why I like 4-4-2 I kind of like it could be defensively hard to beat but it could also be quite flashy with two wingers like Woods and, and Berkeley who stayed wide and ran with it and, and were sort of entertaining to watch at, at times, times. So, there's you know, a lot of periods at of times, game yeah, when I agree. nothing happened because it was just being they kicked didn't out get... by... I agree. I agree. I think there were games where, which the most entertaining games were the games where Woods and Berkeley got on the ball a lot more yeah. than they did in this one. Um, it was you know a bit more through the central areas and probably the overall shade in this game. But you know, each to their own, yeah. isn't it? Each to their own, and each but to their own. We won era, this game eleven two. So yeah, I don't think we'll have yeah, a game which covers too, much. too many goals <laughs> to go. And I'm sure the players enjoyed a good steak and a few pints after this one. And before we get to our top three, Ollie, we will do it. Uh, it's interesting to point out with the assists that actually um, they were quite spread out. So Walton got two assists, Whiston got one, two were from defensive areas, you can't really give it to anyone. But then one for Stevens, one for Spink, one for Woods, one for Evans, one for Scott and one for Berkeley. So, you know, again, the goals were pretty spread out, but so were the assists as well. So, you know, a lot of people contributed quite a lot in terms of their stats to this yeah, game. Yeah, no, they definitely did. So who did you go for your um, top three? I went for Paul Evans. I think, you know, despite him not having, you know, getting the most goals and assists in the game, his overall level of play was really, really good. And you can see why he was one of those players that we eventually sold, um, that you know, to go on and play at a bit of a higher level than where Town were at that point. He was a quality little player, a little 
you know, pocket rocket. He was dynamic. He would enter the box late and got that goal like he did. Um, and, and you know, his passing range was, was good as well. He didn't probably see the best of him in this game for me, Ollie. Um, he was a better player than maybe came across in this, but he stood out to me as our best player in this game. I went for Spink third, even though I lamented, I really lamented his finish in, this, in the first half. I just thought, you know, he scored a hat-trick. He was there or thereabouts when we needed him. Um, the one goal he scored was really good. And he, and he did work hard. He worked harder than I thought he did. Again, looking back, it's another one of those things that I thought he could be lazy at times, but he, he did work hard and did a lot of running on and off the ball when he when he needed to. And for third, I couldn't split Woods and Berkeley. I thought they both did really well down the wings. Um, you know, sort of very dynamic and, and running at players and going past them and actually probably putting in better crosses than we see a lot this this season, to be honest with you. So I kind of split third for those two. Um, so I went for Evans as well. I actually had a comment from Evans because he saw he um he must follow he must follow one of us um on Twitter and he yeah, saw the video we me. put out um and he said that um yeah the game was a long time ago but some great memories um, and I Not went brilliant. for him number one <laughs> and yeah because he was just class he was the best player on the pitch um, as you say yeah. quite a few assists but he also he was like the assist with assist as well quite a bit yes um, I went for Whiston second because. That strike was just unbelievable. It was absolutely a pure moment of joy. <laughs> um, and then I third, I went for Woods. I thought he had a really, really good performance. Could I thought he offered more than um, Berkeley in this game? Um, he was a constant menace um, to their left back, and as you say, you know, had a, had an assist as well. He was good, Woods. He was swashbuckling. Yeah. I, I liked his long hair and, and the style he had. It wasn't like we had many players like that during that era. And, you know, I think that, you know, wingers like that, he's sort of in the Aston mould, sort of swashbuckling. And Berkeley was a slightly different player. He seemed more serious and he had that clipped haircut. And during that period of time, everybody said, it's Robbie Williams. He's Robbie Williams. He looks exactly like Robbie Williams. And that was the thing that he always had. And he got in magazines because of it and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, two, two different wingers, but two wingers, particularly, I think when I look at when we played without and out wingers, you know, when we had Ainsworth and Mark Wright playing together, in, in that formation that was another period where I thought I loved having wingers you know we've not had many periods where I've had two good wingers that I really really enjoyed watching so yeah no, we only seem to have one third, moment, don't fair. we even go back in recent yeah, years yeah. we've got like you know we had Wright Worley uh, we only seem to have one these days but um, maybe that's something we could maybe get one day yeah. again Glenn maybe keep you happy yeah who knows um, and one, not, not one of the fun <laughs> things that we've done is um, is follow the normal format um, and yes. I tried all sorts of things searching the internet. As n- there's nothing on 95. I searched everywhere to try and find stuff about like football at this period. There was no data. There's no anything. Anything. Um, I even contacted um, um, Shropshire Star. So Joe Massey from the Shropshire Star uh, to try and get mm. some manager comments. He said he would have been able to help me, but he was not in the office. So that was Bud oh, Bucklin. Yeah. You've gone old school and you've got a source for manager comments. Your man here has got programs going back to the 1960s. Your and house some is a fire risk. It, well, my garage is. And they're all in boxes. It's, it's safely stored away, right? But the thing is, I've got every program from probably about the year we started going, which was maybe two seasons before that. I've got every home program from then, probably through to maybe two or three seasons ago where I stopped getting them. Um, because really, you can just Google stuff nowadays and it's all online. Um, but yeah, so I've got, and I've got Ant Thomas, who we mentioned on the podcast, I think he's been on a couple of times with the finance special, hasn't he? He wanted to get rid of all his programs a few years ago. So he gave me all his as well. And he's given me some fantastic programs from like the Leicester and Ch- Leicester Cup game we played that famous one that was I think it was 5-2 or whatever it was but um, and and loads of really historic ones as well so I'm sort of starting to go through them and, and look at them in a bit more detail but I'm sitting here right now Ollie with the um, the Marine programme in my hand and then I went and found the next game which was Burnley at home um, only three days later Ollie so no time for rest and like Ricketts would not be very happy um, and in there is Fred Davis's comments so I thought it was just worth running through them really from the programme against Burnley but um, he did call uh, last Saturday an incredible day for everyone connected with the football club 
Um, he said that people were there will remember that 11-2 game for a very, very long time. And as we're talking about it now, he was completely right. Um, he did call it a peculiar afternoon. Um, he couldn't have asked for a better start, but thought for half an hour after they did not play very well and let Marine into the game too much. Um, he did say he knew the game was one when we went three 0 up, but he had a few words to say at half time, despite being four 0 up. And from memory, I think you know Davis could be a bit, um, you know, if things weren't happy, he would be the sort that would uh, tell people what to do. But I can't imagine he ever did it too many times when they were four 0 up, Ollie. Um, and I did wonder whether that that sort of those words at half time inspired us, Ollie, to go on and keep scoring goals rather than just switching off. I don't know what you yeah, thought. Yeah, m- maybe he'd given them some targets or something. Maybe that's why Wood was yeah, uh, yeah. not very impressed. But yeah, there was a huge drop in quality. Um, and yeah, first 25, 30 minutes were, were terrible. Certainly, certainly gave him cause for concern. Yeah, and then he said a lot sharp second half. Um, he said scoring 10 goals in 50 minutes is extraordinary. He said whatever people say about the standard of our opposition, you can ask anyone that that takes some doing, which is true. You know, you very rarely will see any team score 10 goals in 50 minutes. Um, he said finishing was of a high standard second half, and he said he was happy the club attracted national headlines. And then a bit later on, he talks about getting people coming up to him at a game he went to at Wolves the next day. Um, I think he might have gone to scout something, and people were shaking his hand and saying well done because it had been on the match of the day, Ollie, afterwards. Um, and they played it. They played the highlight obviously on the match today highlights of the FA Cup and then the last bit was they played all of the goals in the game um, to the tune of um, always look on the bright side of life with all our goals going in and the sort of Marine fans not looking very happy so it was kind of national news to have scored that many goals um, and then he was talking about it being the sort of result he hoped that would tempt back Town fans who drifted away obviously our attendances were on a bit of a, a nosedive in the 90s um, and he said this quote which I thought was fantastic if an 11-2 does not get people through the turnstiles you just wonder what will <laughs> It's a sign of the times where the club was, isn't it, at the time? A 2,800 yeah. attendance um, for the first round of the FA Cup um, is not not ideal. Uh, it just shows you how, nope. how far we've come in, in the period since yeah. then. And in terms of wrapping up this one, Ollie, it's, it, I look at some stats really, and interesting. I looked at the Burnley program, and there was a, a stat kind of pack in there about some of the things that happened since. And obviously, we've never beat eleven two since, so this record still stands. But yeah, eleven two is our best win ever in the FA Cup proper um, since we become a league club. Um, but it's also our best victory ever since we became a league club as well in nineteen fifty one. So um, it still stands that record. Um, interestingly, I, I, most people probably wouldn't know this, but our previous best win in the FA Cup was a seven one victory over Banbury Spencer um, in November nineteen sixty one. So I'm sure there. There'll be a few town fans that were still around that um, went to those games back in the 60s. Um, but yeah, beat that. Um, and then interestingly, Ollie, we talk about, often we talk about our stats starting from when we came into the league in 1950, but our record in the FA Cup, our actual record in the FA Cup is a 12 0 win, Ollie, um, from 1929 1930 against Cannock Town in the extra preliminary round. Obviously, we were in the Birmingham League, I think, at that point in time. So can you see us ever beating 11 2 or 12 0? <laughs> no, I can't see it happening again. I think by the time we played anyone in the FA Cup, that'll be quite a, a good unit. And I think it just shows how good coaching has come on that, you know, even, um, you know, non league teams now um, will be well coached. A solid, and, yeah. And well, yeah, we'll, we'll basically um, play in a low block and just basically, yeah, defend their lives. And their fitness levels will be, yeah. won't be such a big goal because, as the guy, if you watch this um, game, the, the fitness levels between the two teams really widens as the game goes on. It does, yeah. And interestingly, um, there was another stat in the programme that said we scored more goals in this one FA Cup game, 11, than we had done in the previous 10 FA Cup games we played. Binary so, football. There we go. We, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So must have been just one in all of them. Um, so that, that was it about stats. And I suppose the, the last thing to go over really is, is the rest of the season then. Because, you know, we'd obviously come up, we were, we were playing at a high level. Um, and yeah, what what do we go on to do that season? Yeah, like? so we finished um, 18 for 53 points. In the Salat Cast yep. fashion, we got 1.15 points per game. Um, and the season <laughs> um, could have ended on a high, but it wasn't to be. 
Yeah, this is where the, the you know it's the same season that the curse started, Ollie. The Wembley curse, uh, nineteen ninety six football league trophy playoff final. Um, yeah, sorry, not the playoff final. Sorry, the football league trophy final. Um, where we lost two yeah. one to Rotherham. Uh, Mark Taylor scoring our goal, and I, I, I was, was there, there that as day well and that game. Maybe, maybe our time machine may well have to take us back to that game one yeah, day. Ollie. We're going to be jumping all over the place. <laughs> We've got some really good um, games lined up, um, and we haven't recorded yes, any of them yet. Um, but we're working with um, Ian and Scott. Um, which is nice. So, yeah, brought us together in terms of trying to bring something together for the fans. I think it's good, yeah. I think it could be a nice accompanying piece. We've also been asked or potentially might be doing some commentary tracks for games where they've lost their commentary track, sort of an off-the-cuff thing, and we're, we're sort of working with the club to see what we can do there. And, and as I said, we'll, we'll bring you a, a new time machine down the line. We're not sure when, Ollie, but um, we're also going to bring you a podcast potentially next week on the coronavirus because Brian has agreed for, for a good chat with me about some of the issues. And I think, uh, again, town fans will probably find what he's got to say interesting as well. So we're not going anywhere over this period, and we know people are having a hard time with it and stuck at home and whatever, but we we'll hopefully can put a few smiles on faces yeah, on so it. yeah big thanks to those guys who work in the health health sector um those oh, teachers yeah. still going to work I and mean, all those guys that um yeah doing the deliveries and keeping everyone um, well looked after Ollie, you're still doing a big job you've got to keep them biscuits flowing We've in this country because you know shitload of biscuits um and we're trying to get stopped <laughs> Britain without biscuits um so yeah having calls every day so um yeah hopefully everyone um keeps their spirits up so yeah be good be look after each other look after your neighbors and look after your friends and family yeah we will see you in the week for a coronavirus special and uh we will bring back the time machine soon cheers, cheers guys. guys thanks for listening oh!